Hi, my name is Ben Atkinson, and welcome to season three of the Functional Health Podcast. I'm trained in both biomedical science and nutrition, and I firmly believe that a holistic and functional approach to health is fundamental to our well-being. I interview some of the leading voices in nutrition and lifestyle medicine, from practitioners to professors and everyone in between. With this podcast, I will share with you their stories, their expertise, and their advice, shedding light on the industry from each of their perspectives and providing you with simple tips and tricks to help improve your health from today. This week, I'm delighted to share with you my conversation with Richard Jacobs. Richard is the founder and host of the Future Tech and Finding Genius podcasts. He's conducted over 2,000 interviews with experts in the field of health technology, sleep, medicine, nutrition, and much more. Today, we focus on simple ways to identify sleep problems and how to get over them. So, without further ado, Richard, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Ben. I appreciate you having me. So, Richard, this is a bit unusual for me for the Functional Health Podcast, because normally I wouldn't I wouldn't really interview a person who's a specialist in marketing, but you have more than 2,000 podcasts in science and in tech and health. So why did you shift kind of from marketing to this health space? Well, you know, as you go through life, different things are important to you. So for a while, making money and marketing was like super exciting and that's all I thought about. You know, then you get older and, you know, I luckily or unluckily, um, ended up getting uh, thyroid cancer. So everything seems to be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had therapy and radiation and all that stuff. But yeah. when you hear that stuff, you know, it melts your face off. And obviously you realize, oh, shit, you know, I might not live to be 80 or 90 and then just, you know, die in my sleep. It may happen a lot sooner. So you got to be aware of that stuff. And so it changed my focus. So I, I, I thought, all right, well, um, <clears throat> at the time I was doing the podcast already and I changed the focus more to health and and biology and things like that so that's like a very short abbreviated version of why yeah well i'm sorry to hear that but i'm so glad that you overcome that difficult time yeah i mean you know it's weird to say but uh if you're gonna get cancer it's probably one of the best cancers you can get which is maybe ridiculous to say that but it's true it's far better than some of the other ones that are more dire so i'm lucky and you know i'm not upset at it i'm actually glad it happened because it uh, set my life on a new course and yeah, you know, again, it's very strange to say it, but I'm glad it happened. It was a good thing, actually. Is that because you benefited from the experience and kind of overcome that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It just makes, um, you know, I'm not woo-woo about it. It, mm-hmm. it makes life more precious, though. It definitely just wakes you up and, and gets you out of the, uh, you know, out of the commonplace, out of what you were thinking before, or what I was thinking before. So I just feel like life is better and richer and, I'm interested in more things that I think are actually more important than just the basics. Yes. I mean, you are definitely interested in um, a plethora of different things. One thing which really fascinated uh, me about you was like the the kind of spectrum of people that you've interviewed in the past. Um, From everything from the, the scientific research to nutritionists to medical doctors to people about sleep. I mean, what fascinated you about this kind of spectrum? Because most people speak to just general health or tech. They don't tend to dip into both worlds. Well, so there's a couple of things here. Um, 
when I had cancer, I had to work on improving my health. I didn't want to just rely on medical treatments. Mm -hmm. So I went on like a ketogenic diet. I lost a lot of weight. I felt a lot better. You know, I balanced my blood markers and hormones and things like that. So I felt a lot better. So I'm able to learn a lot more and I'm able to learn a lot better. And I, I remember feeling certain things I would think, yeah, that's cool, but I just, I don't want to think about that. I just felt either lazy or it just, I don't know, it was just out of my reach mentally. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like that anymore. I feel like if you said to me, hey, tomorrow I need you to like run this nuclear power plant, I'd say, okay, I'll go and just do it. I know I can figure anything out is how I feel now. I don't feel like I know everything, but I feel like I can figure anything out. And I feel like actually I want to know everything. It's strange. Like if you said, hey, let's talk about like mushrooms of the Pacific Northwest. I, you know, for an hour, I'd probably be really interested in that and talk to you about it. And so I guess I've changed and that's helped me to want to talk to all these people. And if you want to understand someone and learn about something, you will. Yes. Absolutely. No, it's it's quite interesting that you say that because a lot of people, they don't necessarily like talking about what they do because they think other people will be bored. But I, I find it interesting. I find like talking about what other people are passionate about really intriguing and it, I, I have a lot of joy from it. And you sound very, very similar. There's no, um, I kind of very much understand why people enjoy speaking to you and why you've spoken to so many as well. Yeah, at the same time, I'll say to my wife all the time, you know, like... Uh, the friendships I have are actually more difficult in some ways because I want to talk about all this stuff and they're like, either don't care or don't want to or don't have the capacity to talk about it. So the people I talk to now has changed and it's just, it's rare that people want to talk about this stuff. I don't know. It's probably a combination of reasons, but anyway, you know, it's not to say negative about anybody, but well, I, let me, let me reframe this. So I guess sure. one thing that's useful, I want to be useful to people listening. So one thing I can tell you that I've discovered is the better you feel, the more mentally clear you feel and, you know, calm and just the better you are with your own health, you'll be able to do things if you want, like learn new skills better Mm -hmm. or do athletics or, you know, be nicer to your family and have better personal relationships. Like, you know, you're not asking me, but if you were to, that's probably the best thing I've gotten from feeling better is whatever I want to do or I'm interested in, it's easier for me to do it. I don't feel held back or foggy or like, ugh, I don't want to do that or lazy. Mm-hmm. So that's what I appreciate about what's going on. Yeah, that sounds hugely empowering as well. Yeah, oh, definitely. Out of interest, what's the most interesting kind of concept or um, piece of research that you've heard out of the, the thousands of podcasts that you've done so far? Um, Hard question, well, probably. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's like the one thing. Um, what I can tell you is there's thousands of different worlds out there. Yes. And people are doing all these crazy things. It's, it's you know, it's obvious, but it's really interesting. Like, there's people studying, you know, uh, phytoplankton out in the Pacific Ocean right now. And there's other people looking at making new plastics or artificial hearts or, you know, 3D printed shoes. I mean, just anything you could think of, quantum computers. So I get to be in the worlds of these people when I talk to them, you know, at least for a half hour, an hour. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of smart people around the world doing a lot of really cool things. So that's one great thing I've gotten from it. Um, the more podcasts I do, the more I learn from other fields. So when I talk to someone now, I can bring up things I've learned. And they go, oh, 
this person knows something. They know what they're talking about, or at least I can have intelligent conversations with people. So that's something I've learned. Um, some of the really cool technologies is I see that, uh, you know, people are really trying to get an understanding of, of health and biology. And I can tell you an appreciation I've gotten, like, biology is so complex. It's, it's literally mind-blowing. Like, just the human cell is, is unbelievably complex. So when scientists say, oh, we're going we're gonna to make like a pseudo cell or we're going to make, uh, you know, we're going to manufacture this in a lab and, you know, it's going to be just like what's out there biologically. Like, I'm sorry to say, no, there's no way you're even close. Like, like if you look at a cell, uh, the ribosome in the cell makes tens of thousands of different proteins. And each of these proteins has like millions of molecules and a complex folding structure like origami. Mm-hmm. There's one tiny little thing you can't even see you can do all this. We can't even get close to that. And that's nothing compared to like what a cell does. So that's what that's what really has struck me is the more interviews I do and the more I learn about biology. Like it's unbelievable. It's so cool and so amazing. It's just like utterly mind-blowing. Uh, I'll tell you one more thing. So you probably heard about the microbiome. Yes, of course. So yeah. all, just about, yeah, just about all multicellular creatures. So people, of course, you know, animals, bugs, uh, you know, mosquitoes, everyone has a microbiome mm-hmm. and we have hundreds of different collections of bacteria in every part of our body. No part of our body really is, is immune from it, you know? And what makes us us is all these microbes and fungi and yeasts and everything plus us. So if you think like, you know, you're Ben and you think of yourself as one creature, you're actually composed of trillions of different creatures. And, you know, it's not exactly clear on who's calling the shots all the time, you know, and, and who you, like who you are and who I am. That's the strange thing about it. Yeah, we are what we feel like one person. So that's, like, amazing to me. I look at, like, one of my dogs and I, you know, I think, oh, you know, he has all his own microbes and everything. And I, don't know, I just I just think weird things like that. So. No, I think it's cool. I think it's obvious that the, these kinds of podcasts have opened your mind up to like a whole new other realm. Like you're thinking of different things in all different spaces, which is incredible. And last time we spoke, you said that you were interested in sleep. Now, how did that come about? Well, that's an easy one because I've had sleep problems for like 20 years. So part of the journey to health or back to health is, you know, improving what goes on during the day and what you eat and exercise and all that. But you know, a lot of people don't talk much about sleep. Mm-hmm. So, you know, everyone knows, I don't have to tell you, if you don't sleep well, <laughs> you feel like crap, you can't think, you're yeah. fuzzy, you're tired, you're irritable, all that. And, you know, science tells us that if we don't sleep well for a period of years, it predisposes us to Alzheimer's, diabetes, cancer, high blood pressure. I mean, unbelievable what improper sleep does to you. So it's not just like, oh, I'll sleep when I'm dead or... And I'll get more sleep later on. Like you're, you're shortening your life if you do that, actively shortening it by a number of years mm-hmm. and making it less healthy. So it's a fool's bargain to try to do that. So you really got to pay attention. Like if you want good health, you must pay attention to sleep. All creatures need it, and it consumes a large part of your life. It should be about seven, eight hours. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason why, you know, rats in a lab have died from you know not being allowed to sleep, which is terrible, and people have died and. You know, it's, it's super important. Yeah, and you, you just 
spoke about some of the kind of ailments that you can have from like just disturbed sleep. Like if you don't sleep enough, and I've spoken about this before, you'll actually increase a hormone called ghrelin, which is like a hunger hormone. So people actually crave more food. And normally it's kind of foods which you wouldn't normally eat. And the, the quote unquote, and I'm doing air quotation marks here, bad foods, those unhealthy processed foods, which you crave, you kind of want more sugary carbohydrates. And I think it's like an almost compensatory mechanism your body telling you that you need some form of energy, but it might not be th- from food. It might just be telling you you need more sleep. Yeah, when you sleep, either properly or improperly, like all, I, mean, I don't know how many, but hundreds of your genes are being upregulated uh, up or downregulated. Mm-hmm. You know, cells are clearing out wastes. New cells are being created. Other cells, you know, there's memory consolidation. I mean, there's so much work that goes on on all of our behalfs when we sleep. It's unbelievable. It's as if you took a a magical medicine each night that restored you. You know, that's what that's what sleep is. It really is critical. And um, so, so, what were the main drivers behind you not getting enough sleep in that case? Well, it, it is. You know, there's always the platitude. It's different for everybody. Yeah, fine. Okay. But in general, <laughs> as people get older the tone of the muscles in their throat and, you know, all that, they, they, they lose tone just like your muscles. So it leads to your throat collapsing, which starts with maybe snoring and can progress to sleep apnea mm-hmm. where your, you know, your throat, your tongue may go back in your throat and choke you out or your, your throat will just close. Um, and you stop breathing and you can stop breathing 10, 20, 30 times an hour for 10, 20, 30 seconds. It just depends. So this is horrible horrible for your physiology so everyone as they get older just about everyone tends to get heavier their muscle tone tends to you know get more flaccid and so a lot of people end up snoring like a huge percentage of people men and women end up snoring and then get sleep apnea so it's very disruptive even snoring if you're laying there you, you know you heard people snoring right they go yeah and sometimes they go you know that's them almost waking up so an ideal sleep, let's say you're you're out cold for eight hours. Mm-hmm. Well, if you snore and you wake up every hour three times, you don't wake up fully, but you wake up partially. Well, it's disturbing you. You know, it's like what if I came in your bedroom and every hour, like you know, every fifteen minutes, I shook you and said, "Ben, Ben, wake up," and you went, huh? "What?" And then I left you and you went back to sleep. Like the next day, you wouldn't know that I did that, but you feel really tired. You wouldn't feel well. Yes. So like, even snoring yeah. can do that to you. And you know, I've. I've had the experience. I wake up, and my kids go, "Dad, you were snoring." I have no clue. Yeah, but you know. Anyway, so I always found that interesting that people can snore and it not wake them up, and it wakes other people up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, unfortunately, it's like that. It's um, you know, again, it hurts your health as a snorer. But I mean, here's another stat: the American Academy of Sleep Medicine, a recent stat. They said like 25 percent of all couples don't sleep in the same bed. Or they start out there and they don't finish there because someone's snoring. So think about that, what that does to like your relationship. You know, your husband and wife, let's say, and, you know, the guy sleeps on the couch every night or the wife goes to sleep on the couch every night. You know, there's like a loss of intimacy, at least in their minds. Um, the two beds are not going to be equivalently comfortable. So someone's going to resent having to go sleep on a couch. Mm-hmm. You know, what if they're like looking at porn or texting or they, you know, it encourages them to like cheat on you or I guess there's all these factors that go on. So it really like hurts relationships and health too. It's a big deal. 
so we've got a functional aspect to that in terms of like both like snoring and that kind of muscle tone and then i guess like some people because you said everyone's different there's even the problem of actually getting to sleep in the first place or like waking up in the middle of the night and not being able to sleep and i guess one thing which has come up quite often is that people have like racing thoughts and kind of anxiety and things like that have you experienced that or from the people that you've spoken to is that a common theme yeah the insomnia it's common, you know, onset insomnia is it takes you a long time to fall asleep. Mm. And then, right, there's people that wake up multiple times during the night. Sometimes they go back to sleep right away. Sometimes they're up for an hour. And there's different protocols on what to do depending on what's going on with you. So, like, what makes sleep complicated is it's going to be obvious at first, but here's why. So, when you're asleep, duh, you're, <laughs> you're knocked out. You're unconscious. Yes. But that makes it hard to know what's going on. So, like, when you wake up, just like dreams will disappear from your mind within a minute or two. So does what happened during your sleep. And I know this because I've talked to a lot of people about their sleep and they'll say, Oh, I sleep pretty well. And then after I've interacted with them for a while, they'll, they'll say, Oh, you know, I, I desperately need coffee in the morning or, you know, I'm tired of getting up to pee three or four times. And I said, I thought you said you sleep well. They go, yeah, I do. But, but this happens or that happens or my neck hurts when I wake up or I said, well, then you could sleep better. But yeah, in order to fix your sleep problems, like you have to sit there and think about them. I've had to wake up and train myself to say, all right, how did I sleep? What do I remember? What did I notice? And mm. make like a sleep diary and correlate it with, Ugh, I, oh, that's right. I had an extra coffee yesterday. No wonder why I woke up 10 times or it's super dry and I was thirsty all night and I woke up to drink water like 20 times. Uh, I got to get a humidifier or, you know, oh, I go to bed really late. I, you know, duh, the last three hours I'm asleep, it's daylight and I don't have blackout curtains and the daylight's probably waking me up or I was on my phone and then I turned it off and went right to sleep or tried to and I couldn't fall asleep for an hour. It was probably the phone doing it to me. So Yeah, the blue light from the phone, right? Shutting off melatonin production so, and that's essential for sleep. Yeah, so there's all these things. So it's not a simple equation mm -hmm. and it takes thought to fix your problem. Yeah, absolutely. So like in terms of how people can address these problems, I suppose the anxiety problem, like people can do things like meditation, journaling, where they write down those kind of things which are the, they need to deal with during the day and that kind of helps them with their, their anxiety. Um, what about the kind of functional aspects, I guess? Well, again, it depends on the sleep problem. So, you know, if you want to give me a couple of them, I can give you a bunch of thoughts on, on how to work on it. So snoring, let's go with that one. Because I've seen those CPAP machines and different different things as well yes yeah, CPAP usually is at the point where someone is like either snoring extremely loudly and they're waking up tired every day and they can't focus and they can't concentrate or they have apnea mm -hmm. and what they'll do is they'll tell you to go to a sleep lab either you know you can do it at home or at a lab but usually a lab they'll hook you up to all these instruments you'll do a sleep over there and they watch to see if you stop breathing and how many times and for how long and then one of the answers to it is a CPAP. It's a, a mask that goes over your nose and or mouth and it blows air into you. So it blows open and keeps open your throat tissues. When you when you fall asleep, all these things relax. Right. So when you're in deep sleep, they're relaxed. When you're in REM sleep, they're more relaxed, by the way. So um, this will stop you supposedly from having apnea and or snoring because it's keeping your airway open. Okay. And these, you know, CPAPs are not easy to tolerate because air is blowing into you 
and you may need a lot of air blowing in at a high pressure, which makes it hard to tolerate. You know, you feel like a bad person probably for needing one, like you did something wrong and maybe ashamed. Uh, they're expensive. I mean, there's a whole host of things that go along with them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, CPAPs and, you know, they call it the gold standard for like certain sleep problems, but for more for apnea, but you know, maybe for very loud snoring, this would help. So one thing is, are you having a lot of caffeine before you go to bed? Okay, yeah. Like because chemical, that's not yeah. going to let you. Yeah, that, so the chemical side. So that, you know, if you have uh, caffeine before bed or you have spicy food or if you eat too much too close to bed, those are all very disruptive and they can affect you and cause you to have, you know, worsened snoring. Alcohol may relax the muscles more than they normally even would have been, which causes more collapse and makes your snoring worse. Uh, the other foods can disrupt you in other ways. But I guess alcohol is an interesting one because it helps you get to sleep faster, but the quality of sleep is worse. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the quality is definitely worse. And people have verified this experimentally with Fitbits and everything. But yeah, it doesn't... You may feel like you fall asleep faster, but you'll you'll have a crappy sleep. So it's, it's a bad bargain to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, the mechanical aspect of storing. So this is one area I've made some interventions in um i realized i learned that your throat is like a hose pipe you know like you water the garden with it's only 0.6 to 0.8 inches wide so it's very easy depending on the sleeping position you're in for your throat to start to you know close up again because of tissue collapse or extra weight or the position you're sleeping in you know your head is on the wrong kind of pillow or your mattress is saggy and you know you're mushing onto yourself and collapsing this airway. So if you can keep that airway open, at least to its normal you know, circumference and not have it blocked, you're much less likely to snore. So there's mechanical ways to assist your snoring. Make sure you have a really good supportive mattress. Make sure you have a pillow that, you know, ideally is customized to your, you know, your measurements, but if not, at least is at the right height for you. Um, make sure mechanically, like all those things are in place when you, if you lay on your side, as a lot of snorers do, make sure you have an object, a pillow you can hug because you'll tend to roll forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot of, again, mechanical fixes you can do to help yourself if you're snoring. So is that one of the, the kind of main things that you did? You, you kind of worked mechanically to fix your um, sleep problems at first? Yeah, well, it's not at first. Um, I tried melatonin, oh, yeah. blackout curtains, humidifier, a glass of water with me by the bed. I would sleep with, you know, multiple pillows. I got a new mattress. Um, I mean, you name it, like tons of different things. So one thing I, I, I finally fixated on is that, it, you know, the pillow I was using wasn't comfortable. So I, you know, in combination with the help of my wife, I, I realized if I can make a custom pillow based on my measurements, you know, I have very wide shoulders, et cetera, mm-hmm. um, I'll sleep better because my neck will be aligned and this may help with the snoring. So I went through a whole process to create that, and lo and behold, it has helped. And I've tested this with a bunch of other people. Um, there's an app called Snore Lab that records the sounds you make and rates them, you know, yeah. on, a, on a volume scale and all that. So we've I've given the custom tailored pillow I've made to you know a bunch of clients, and we've had them sleep with and without it, you know, normal pillow versus this, and their snoring is you know goes down by about thirty percent, sometimes more, and the roughness of it smooths out it sounds less like you know it's more it's softer and less rough so it's helping them it's not a cure but it's it seems to be helping which is great 
Yeah, fantastic. Well, it's one of those things where it's like a, it's a tool in the arsenal, right, which you can use to help people if they're having sleep problems. I mean, every sleep yeah. problem is different, but, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, because everyone can kind of sleep and just wake up and they've got a sore neck or something that you said before. But then having something where you know it's going to be the same each night and you're not going to have this problem, it's not going to be one of the things which is causing you to have bad sleep, then great. Yeah, uh, what I've also learned too is, again, there's no literally pill that will solve anything. Mm-hmm. It, it takes, here's what a solution looks like. I try one thing and it gets 10% better. Then I add in like thing number two and now it's 30% better. Then I add in like number three and maybe like it's 70% better. And that's good enough. But yeah. there's nothing I've seen that's 100% all in one, nothing. And when it comes to sleep, same thing. There's just about nothing that is all in one, but all the parts are very important to put together to help you sleep better. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I remember hearing, um, are you familiar with Tim Ferriss? Oh, yeah. I learned a lot from his podcast. And, uh, oh, yeah, he's great. Yeah, he, he is great. I remember him recommending something. It was like two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar and one tablespoon of raw honey before bed in a glass of warm water. And I tried that for a while to my girlfriend's dismay because it, it stinks, obviously, like vinegar. <laughs> Um, and I, I couldn't tell you whether it helped or not. Or not. I, th- I think it did, but then it's really hard to measure because I didn't have a sleep app at the time um, or a Fitbit. But um, I'm not sure whether I'll try that kind of remedy again. But one thing which uh, which does seem to be clear is that um, glucose problems, so like if your blood sugar drops at night, um, people can wake up and they're not really sure why because they don't feel hungry but you seem to just wake up if your blood sugar drops past a certain point if you're not used to not used to it dropping that low. And some people just ha- having a, a teaspoon of honey seem to, seems to help dramatically. It's like really strange. Well, again, you know, if someone says to you, do this and you'll sleep better, it's, it's totally out of context. Yeah. What does yeah, that mean? True. Like what, what's your problem? If your problem is like you have uh, night terrors, that may nothing. That may not help you at all. Or if your problem is you have apnea, honey is not going to do anything for you. You know, maybe. So you you got to look at what's your actual problem first. So, what I recommend people do is like write an informal sleep diary. When you wake, you know, if your sleep's not good, whatever that means to you, every day when you wake up, the second you wake up, have a little notepad and pen or text or whatever it is, write down what it was like when you slept that last night. And try to correlate that with what's going on in your life, you know? Like, I can tell you, without even doing that, if I have to get up early for an appointment, like, I have to go to court or, I don't know, whatever, I don't sleep well. Or if I have to get up early for a flight, I try to say I'm okay, but I just don't sleep well. But that's the easy one. Mm-hmm. But look for correlations. Oh, that's right. Damn it. I, Like I said, I had, uh, you know, popcorn at the movies really late, and I went to bed, and no wonder why I killed my sleep. But you, you won't see these patterns unless you write them down and you think about it. And then once you do that, now you can start attacking it, figuring out what's going on. Yeah, I mean, that it sounds um, very intuitive and also like makes a lot of sense because it, as a nutritionist, I'd say if someone's having a problem with their digestion, something which I say commonly is like make a food diary. And like if you're having a problem with your right. sleep, it makes sense to do the same thing. Yeah, I mean, because then you, you – know, otherwise, like I said, you're just grasping at straws. Who knows what it is? It could be anything. Yeah, rather than you know? a really targeted thing. And I suppose like like you did, you kind of – you went through 
everything. So you went through all this process. You've kind of, you tried the, the blackout curtains, the water, the, the humidifier, etc., and then found out it was a functional issue. I think that's really key, like the process of elimination. Yeah, like I said, otherwise you're not going to get an answer to your problem or at best you'll randomly try like one size fits all stuff and it may work and it may not. Absolutely. I know we're coming up on time and I've got a few more questions for you though, Richard. I hope that's okay. Sure. This is something I ask everyone in general, but I'll be interested to hear your thoughts on it. And I ask different variations of the question. Um, but because of your background, it'll be quite interesting. How can an emphasis on sleep be more integrated in our healthcare in general? Oh, in healthcare? In healthcare. Uh, it, needs to be mentioned. it needs to be asked about. So if you go to the dentist, you, the dentist needs to say how you're sleeping. And you may think like, what are you talking about? What are you, you're doing my teeth. That's the wrong way to look at it. We're integrated creatures. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a mistake to go to, you know, I go to the heart doctor. Well, what are all my other organs doing? It's not just the heart. You know, if I go to the liver doctor, or if I just go for a general checkup, or all these healthcare practitioners need to know the body's all interconnected and they need to ask about what else is going on with the person. Mm-hmm. Because again, it's a mistake, you know, oh, my, my heart is racing. All right, we'll give you, uh, you know, this to like stop it racing. That's, that's, it's not going to be nearly as effective as asking the person a whole host of other questions about what's going on with them to fix it. Like years ago, my heart was skipping beats, you know, very frightening thing. I go to the heart doctor. I didn't know better. You know, he, he does a halter monitor. Mm-hmm. He does a test. He, he goes, oh, you got preventricular contractions. There's no known cause, and uh, you know, good luck to you. You know, thanks, man. Well, I had to figure out myself. I was drinking, you know, just at that time, like two coffees a day. But I looked, and I was like, oh no, there's like three shots in each. I was drinking like espressos, you know, or americanos. Yeah. So I said, all right, let me let me go down to like one a day and just have one shot a day, and the rest decaf. Well, magically, the the PVCs, the heart skip beat stopped. I solved it. The doctor didn't. Why? Because I thought a little bit more deeply about what's going on. So that's what medicine needs to do. I don't care what it is. So sleep, of course, but every doctor, if you're going to them, you're not going to them because you love them. You go to them because you have a problem. So if they want to help you solve the problem, they should always ask about sleep. Always, 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 always. Fantastic. I think that's excellent. Definitely something I'll take away. And I completely agree with you that we should work more integratively. Something which I've asked everyone also, what is the number one health change that you've made and why? Caring about my health. Yeah. That led to wanting to change and putting in the effort to change and mm-hmm. getting the benefits of the change and all that. So if you don't care, you're not going to do anything. But you know, you, you don't want to be at the point where you almost die to, you know, to start to fix your health. I, I used to be of that opinion. I was like, I feel fine. I'll worry about it when I'm 45 or yeah, I heard that's about the time you have problems or 50, you know, well, whoops, I'm there and problems happen. You know, some people, they're not lucky. They just die. They have a heart attack and they're dead or a stroke and they have no chance to fix it. So you don't want to have that happen. You don't want to like roll the dice and just like go along and not pay attention to your health and whoops, you're dead. You know, if you're lucky, you get a warning and sometimes it's not a nice warning, but even it's even better to do it before you get a warning. So that's that's how I look at it. Yeah, but prevention is always better than the cure. But the problem is, I guess, 
with this this idea of prevention is that people can live their lives and eat processed food and not sleep that much and drink every night and they don't actually feel or they certainly think they don't feel that bad and then just carry on and um, and just like kind of go through life just dealing with it so it's really hard for someone who's not experiencing any negative problems to kind of stop and like appreciate their health so you're right but some people I, th- I think you said this to to the podcast that i was when i was on your show like some people need a gun to the head well here's a here's a general way to look at it so it may not be anything specific but what i hear from a lot of people is oh i'm just getting old oh that's just what happens when you get old bullshit you know you can feel amazing at 40 you can feel like you were when you're 20 mm-hmm. i mean i look at exactly but you can feel great and at 60 there's no reason you can't feel great like you used to. It's not just you're getting old. It's that something's going on with you. So if you have a, just a general sense of, I don't, I can't move like I used to, I don't feel good like I used to, I can't think like I used to, whatever it is, that's all the signal you should need. You can improve that dramatically. You just have to want to do it. And don't make excuses for yourself. And it's not easy. It's easy to say this, but, you know, also, too, you may be one of those unfortunate people that you have to be really strict in what you eat in order to get the results you want. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like that with certain things. It annoys me, but nothing I can do. What's the, what's the alternative? Not be healthy and die? So you have to look at it that way. If, if I'm not feeling amazing, then it means I could feel better. Do I have a desire to improve myself or am I good enough and I'm fine how I am? That's how I put it in your head. I think it's a great way to put it, for sure. And then the final question, I know you've given uh, the listeners a lot of tips already, but I ask everyone, could you please provide the listeners with three quick tips to help improve their health and well-being from today? Yeah, one tip is do not give up. Until you're dead, don't give up. <laughs> I don't care if, you know, if you have, uh, you know, God forbid, you have like horrible brain cancer, it's aggressive, whatever, don't give up. There are people that, that have, you know, lived a long time with that and help themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, if you just feel awful, if you're 500 pounds and you know, you, you had a leg amputated and you just feel like there's no hope, don't give up. There's still tremendous positive benefit you can, you can bring to yourself by working on it. You know, there's, there's guys that are 80 years old that are lifting weights and look amazing. I'm not saying be one of them people, but they're out there. How do those people exist? Because they worked on it, you know, and then there's people that are 50 that are, three quarters dead laying in a wheelchair and and have given up which one do you want to be so there's always hope i think that's fantastic and so that's number one yeah the other ones are like you know pay attention don't just look for like oh i'll drink this i'll take this pill i'll I'll exercise every day i'll be fine like the the issues you have whoever you are that's listening sometimes they're complicated i'm sorry and they take thought they take time they take testing, figuring out, all right, I tried this, this didn't work. I tried this, ooh, much better. You know, it, it takes testing and time and thought. You've got to do that. That's number two. Number three is, um, you know, and this is probably common advice, but again, doing it alone is tough. So, you know, I get plenty of times where I get down about stuff or I'm human, you know, I eat mm-hmm. the wrong food. And I'm like, oh, God, why did I eat that? So you need support. You know, if you have people that are not supporting you and encouraging you to, to mistreat your health, get away from them if you can, or at least try to hang out a bit more with people that'll be positive for you and 
encourage you because if you try to do all this alone, it's hard. But if you have helped anybody, the most unlikely source, take it and go towards positivity because that's how you're going to get yourself into a better position. Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think that's a lovely way to finish. I was just speaking yeah. earlier today with a mate of mine and we were saying there's always like a positive way of looking at a problem, even if like, I don't know, you go for a job, you fail an interview or something like that. Like what have you learned from doing that? Um, and I think right. that's just the right way to look at the world and anything that you experience in life. Yeah, it feels better that way. You know, I, I say to my kids sometimes, if you know, like my son, if he gets upset, I said, does this feel good? Do you feel good right now? And he goes, no. I said, well, let's let's work on it. Let's make it better. Come on. It doesn't feel good to be upset and, and angry and down about stuff. Let's figure out how to make it better. And then we do that. He feels better. I go, isn't that better? He goes, yes, dad. <laughs> but, you know, I, I know I'm the Your annoying dad. has got a very low voice. I'm, oh, well, yeah. no, I'm trying to help. I'm trying to help him. But that's, you know, that's what you need. That's what everyone needs. Everyone needs that encouraging person and they need to go towards positivity because, why be negative? It's not going to help anybody. It doesn't feel good. It's bad. Mm -hmm. Richard, I've uh, thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Um, it's been fantastic. I've learned a lot. But before you go, could you please tell the listeners where they can find you and what exciting projects you have coming up? Yeah, uh, two places. So, you know, for the pillow, it's uh, goodnightssleepproject.com. If you want to listen to the podcast, uh, it's called Future Tech Podcast. We're rebranding. It's going to be called Finding Genius because that's what I actually have been trying to do, I realized, for, for a while. So those are the two places. Look them up, and if you want to interact with me, let me know. Fantastic. That sounds great. I'll put everything that we spoke about today in the show notes. Richard, it's been a real pleasure to speak to you, man, and I hope that we can connect again soon. It sounds good, Ben. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Functional Health Podcast. You can find links to everything that we talked about today in the show notes. If you have a second, please consider leaving a five-star rating on iTunes. It really does make a huge difference and helps get this valuable information out and reach more people. Don't forget to subscribe so you can stay up to date and know whenever I release a new episode. You can connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, or our website, and all questions are welcome. As always, thanks to Joss Aurelia for the editing and Alan Harper for his support.